So hey there, friends, it's Erica here. This is episode 112 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. And today we're going to talk about a little quote or a little question that I saw recently that basically suggested the yoga pose you avoid is the one that you most need. And we're going to take that apart and figure out whether or not that is true or not. Stay tuned. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So, hey, and welcome to this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I am really looking forward to diving into the topic for today, which, as I mentioned sort of before the intro, is about kind of picking apart something that I saw recently, and it's something that I've seen in the past as well. Um, It's a fairly common suggestion that we should work on the yoga pose that we most avoid, that we need whatever it is that we're avoiding in that pose. And I think this is a really interesting idea. I actually was scrolling through Instagram yesterday and it popped up and I sat with it for a minute just thinking my gut instinct is that that is not correct. Um. And so I've written down some notes (laughs) to talk through this because I think that we do this to ourselves a lot where we, you know, this is a should, right? Like this is one of those, we talk about shoulds all the time. And this is one of those shoulds. You should be working on the thing that you're avoiding. Without any more context, that is how that reads, right? Um, Not about how it's going to make you feel, not about, you know, why you might want to work through that thing, but just a simple fact that if you are avoiding something, you should face it. So let's talk about this a little bit. We're going to talk about this from a physical point of view, as well as a sort of more psychological point of view as well. Um, In terms of with the physical sort of thinking about mobility and um, wanting to have a really good range of options when it comes to, you know, how we move and use our body. So what I want to start with is just kind of like an overall statement that if you don't like something when it comes to movement, you've tried the yoga class at your local gym, or you've done a HIIT class, or you tried Zumba, if you don't like it and it feels like suffering, or torture, or pain, or just like outright don't like it, please don't deny that. (laughs) Please don't deny the way that you feel and assume that you should be doing the thing anyway. I don't know why, but we have this tendency to sort of outsource how we believe we should show up. And the reality is that if you don't like a certain modality, if you don't like a certain way of moving your body and and exploring your movement, don't do it. There's so many other ways that you can choose. So first blanket statement is, you know, there's no like there's no need for you to suffer in movement because there's always other ways. So, you know, 
I think the the first thing that I really want to make clear about this statement of, you know, the yoga pose you, you avoid is what you need the most. Um, trust your body. Trust what your body is telling you. Trust that if you suffer in that thing, it is not for you. You know, no pretty quote card on Instagram needs to make you feel bad about what you know to be true for you. Okay. Now, one of the things that's really interesting about this idea of like the yoga pose you avoid is what you need the most. What, like, why are we avoiding this pose? Right. So there are so many different reasons why we might avoid something. One of them might be pain. Maybe we've done that movement or that pose before and it created pain. And so now we have associated that movement with pain. Maybe we're just in pain and that just doesn't seem like a good place to put our body. Maybe we don't really even understand the movement. And so we avoid it because it seems really complicated. Maybe we avoid it out of fear, something like um, a handstand or a backbend or any of those things where perhaps we've been given information about them that is sort of fear-based and we're, we're frightened of trying something that seems scary or out of our depth or, you know, um, potentially even injurious. So things like um, headstand in yoga. I used to practice headstands all the time um, and I stopped at one point because I didn't want to do them anymore for lots of reasons. One of them was definitely fear at the time and there was a lot of um, there was a lot of conversation going on that was fear-based around headstands. I don't teach headstands. I don't do headstands except for on my, like I've got a little headstand trainer, so I, I do that without any pressure on my head. Um, but my my neck was a lot happier with me not doing that pose. And so I stopped. And yes, there's a little bit of, there was a little bit of fear there, but there was also just a little bit of like uh, honesty you know, about what that pose was even giving me in the first place. So fear is definitely one one of the reasons that we might be avoiding something. We might also be avoiding something from fear if we've been told by somebody who we see as an authority um, that, that that pose, that movement is inherently dangerous or if we've been told that we have a limitation that makes it more problematic. So we have a bad knee or a, a, you know, a dodgy ankle or a funky hip or a, you know, weak shoulder or whatever it is that we might have been told or bulging discs, all these things that, you know, maybe was something we were told even 40 years ago that we continue um, using as a reason to avoid something. So there's so many reasons that we might be avoiding something. Some of them are very, very, very reasonable reasons to avoid something. We also might be avoiding something out of like a lack of mobility. So um, what's a good example for this? Like a warrior two. It's actually a very complicated pose. There's a lot going on to do that pose in a way that feels stable and comfortable and um that is inaccessible for a lot of people from a pure mobility standpoint. So maybe you avoid it because, you know, it, it doesn't feel good to get into. 
Um, the splits would be another example of that. I don't practice the splits. I don't even practice anything that remotely resembles the splits other than maybe like a split squat. But, um, you know, I've, I've, I don't do it because, A, I don't really have a desire to have that level of flexibility at the moment, but I also know that, you know, I can't. So I, I don't do it. And then the other reason that you might be avoiding something is just actual interest. You know, whether or not you're interested in um, doing that thing or not. There's nothing to say that, you know, if you lay out all the, I don't even know how many options would there be, all the dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds of ways that you could put your body into a movement or a yoga pose. Um, some of them you just quite frankly are possibly not interested in. So you're not avoiding it because it's fearful or inaccessible or anything else. You're just genuinely not interested. It doesn't serve a purpose. One of the things that I'm really clear about with my own movement practice and the way that I teach is that I teach from a point of view of like, what is the point of this? Why am I doing it? Um, and I look at that in terms of my overall practice, like what's the point of my practice, um, but also in terms of each individual movement, like why am I choosing to do this? And it doesn't have to be super, super analytical, although sometimes I am a little bit analytical like that, but, you know, there might just be poses you don't do because they don't really serve a purpose for you right now or ever. And so avoiding that, you know, is that problematic? Probably not. So there's lots of reasons why I think that 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 general statement that what you're avoiding is what you need most is simply not true. We have to look at why are we avoiding it? There would be some reasons that we would go, okay, that's really interesting. You're avoiding it because of X, Y, Z. Maybe we maybe we do actually explore that a little bit more and move in the direction of that that pose or that movement. But the reasons that we would do that are are fairly specific. And we're going to go through those in just a sec. But um, it is misguided to suggest that just because you're avoiding something, that it's meant for you. You know, I think sometimes we have to give our, our own wisdom much more credit. <laughs> you know, um, we, we are smart. We, our body is clever. It knows what it wants. Um, so why might we go after something that we've been avoiding? So let's, let's flip this around. And in fact, let me rewind just for a second. Some of those reasons that I just talked about in terms of like, why would we avoid something? So we went through pain, confusion, fear, mobility, and, and just a level of interest in some of those instances. Yes. You know, they might be a sign that like, actually there might be something interesting to explore here. It's not going to be black or white. So, you know, if you're avoiding something out of pain, that's not going to be a blanket. Well, then you should avoid it. You might avoid what puts you in pain, but you might use that pain as an interesting um, doorway into figuring out like, what, what could I explore that would move me in the direction of that pose or movement um, without pain? And I think it really comes back to when we think about why would we go after something that we've been avoiding? It really comes back to, like, what is the purpose? What is the purpose? Because if you've been avoiding a headstand, let's just say you're, you're going to a yoga class where they're still practicing headstands and you don't do it. 
and everybody else in the room is doing their headstand and you're avoiding it for whatever reason. What is the purpose of you moving through that avoidance? If the purpose of you moving through that avoidance is so that you can be like everybody else doing a headstand, I'm going to argue that's a bad reason. (laughs) If the reason that you want to move through that resistance is um, to develop the shoulder strength that allows you to do a headstand without putting pressure on your on your spine or a lot of pressure on your spine, then that might be a more interesting place to explore from. I'm still not suggesting you do a headstand. I want to make that really clear. I'm almost <laughs> wishing that I'd chosen a different um, pose to talk about, but you know that might open an interesting doorway. Okay, I'm avoiding this pose because I don't feel like I have the requisite shoulder strength that will allow me to do it. So what that becomes then is actually more interesting. How do I develop shoulder strength that allows me to feel the strength that I would like to feel? Still doesn't mean that we have to do the headstand though, right? And, you know, I would would probably try a handstand if I was going to go upside down rather than a headstand. Um, But there's – there – when we sort of think about like why am I avoiding it, it it opens up a different conversation – Um, one of the things that is very true from my perspective around movement is that one of the goals is that we want to have lots of options. We want to have lots of movement options. So most of us do the same things, the same ways for lots and lots of years in a row. You know, we hold our mouse the same way. We walk the same way. We lift the same way. We do everything kind of within a a small repertoire. What we really want in terms of our movement practice is to be exploring the fullest range of our ability. And that doesn't mean necessarily even the end ranges of our ability, but just being able to use our body in, um, in, in lots of ways so that it feels and is more capable and more robust. So that when we, you know, step down off that stair and we kind of land towards the edge of our foot, um, we have more movement options. So we actually can sort of correct or recover from that with more skill than we might if we um, had narrower options. And so one of the reasons that we might explore something that we've been avoiding is if we're avoiding it because we have a bit of a movement blind spot and doing either that pose or something that moves us in the direction of that would open up more movement options, more possibilities. So as an example, I have um, had students over the years who avoid hip movements, which sounds interesting because, you know, every time we, every time we sit is a hip hip movement, every time we walk is a hip movement, but they might be avoiding really specific um, movement capacities at their hip because they've had, certain issues over over their lifetimes. Or another really good example is um, people who avoid backbending or people who avoid forward bending because of issues that they've had with their spine. Now, if the, the way that we've been avoiding movement means that we've actually completely narrowed our options fully, right? So let's say um, we've, we've avoided forward folding so much that when we go to lean forward, all of our back muscles just tense up and freak out and we actually can't bend over, you know, to do up our shoes. Um, or we 
this happened to me before actually getting into the car. There was a bit of like moss on the ground. It's really wet here at the moment. And and there was like a little bit of moss on one of the drainage grates near the garage. And I slipped and I slipped and my leg slid kind of out from under me and I recovered and didn't fall. But I credit that with the fact that I do train. And and when I say train, I mean, I, I move through different positions with my hip very, very regularly. If I had a really minimal amount of range and a minimal amount of exploration capacity at my hips, then when I take, you know, when life throws me some challenge, like slipping on the moss on the driveway, um, my movement options are, are much more limited. And so my, my response from my body is going to be more limited because my capacity is, is, is less. And so if we are coming from a place of limited options with our movement, then yeah, if you're avoiding something because it takes you into that limited range, then yeah, I would argue that, that possibly that is something that you want to explore. It doesn't mean though that, you know, let's just say it's the forward bend. It doesn't mean you go from avoiding that entirely to just doing the thing that you saw on the front of a yoga magazine or on Instagram, we actually have to look and go, okay, well, hang on, I'm avoiding this forward bending. Now, every time I bend forward, all my back muscles just like seize up and freak out and everything hurts. We have to then look at, okay, well, how do we take the steps to expand the options for that part of my body again? And that is the answer to that is not actually just forward bend it's a lot more nuanced than that because we have to get our nervous system to, to be happy with this idea of, of forward bending. We have to get those muscles to be okay with letting go. We have to figure out like, you know, getting support from the rest of the body. So it's, it's nuanced, but that is an example of a time where, yeah, maybe what you're avoiding is something that you need to move towards with, um, with skill and with curiosity and with um, a lot of, thoughtfulness, but we wouldn't move towards it just for the sake of it. All right. So it's kind of understanding like what, what, um, what are our reasons why? I think that that really comes down to what do we want to be able to do as we move through our lives? The older I've gotten, um, I'm 38 years old, so I'm not, you know, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to have had um, lots of years behind me. And and I've been teaching since I was about 27, I think. So over a decade now. And and one of the things that I think is um, really interesting is that my goals around movement have changed over that time. Um, I used to really love the the kind of adrenaline and um, dopamine hit that came with doing something that looked kind of cool and that was kind of fancy and um, kind of interesting. Now, I still get that sometimes. Like, I still love to do some fun things. Um, like, I, I I love that I can still cartwheel on the grass, with you know, which <laughs> try and teach the kids. Um, I like to play with handstands. I like to, you know, do all these things. But ultimately, what I enjoy is feeling capable in my everyday life, being able to bend down, being able to climb up things, being able to, you know, balance. We, we did a river walk um, over the winter and, and being able to like 
balance across all these rocks across the river was just like that was my joy I love that ability just to feel capable to reach up into high cupboards to still carry my my kids they often still fall asleep in my bed and I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, so they're not little. And I can still pick them up out of the bed and get them get them to their room and get them into bed. That is what I want. That is what the goal is for me when it comes to my movement, is to just be able to do these things for a really long time. And I think that we have to consider that when we're thinking about, like, what am I avoiding? Am I avoiding it, but I need it? Or am I avoiding it with good reason? Um Like, what is it that we even want? If you're avoiding doing the splits, but you have no need or desire to do the splits, then, you know, avoid away. But if you're avoiding stretching your hamstrings because it hurts your back, then we have a different situation on our hands. And that is something where we might want to go, you know what, every time I bend forward and stretch my hamstrings, you know, which, which might happen just purely putting on your shoes, for instance, my back hurts and everything seizes up and I feel crappy, then that would be a good reason to go after something you're avoiding. But to fit in with the rest of the yoga class, to do it because you saw it on Instagram, to do it because somebody suggested that, you know, that is um, a lofty, worthy goal for everyone, I think that is misguided. So have I covered everything that I thought I wanted to. I've, the last little note that I have there is never do it from a place of should. And I think that that is, I want to get that tattooed somewhere. I think <laughs> never do it from a place of should. Um, you know, just because the Instagram quote says the yoga pose that you most avoid is the one that you need the most doesn't mean that that is true. And if you, um, if, if we, if I, if you are moving from a place of should, I really, really encourage you to take a step back and ask why, because we've lived our lives from a place of should. I will, I will retract that actually. I know I've lived my life from a place of should. We've certainly grown up in an environment that places a lot of should on us and that um, feeds, I guess, the should in us. And I just don't think that we have to kind of like buy into that forever. Um, so yeah, hopefully that gives you some, some food for thought in terms of like, even just thinking about the things that you're avoiding in terms of your movement practice. If you were to move towards them in a, in a really, um, thoughtful way, what would that open up for you in terms of robust, capable movement? And if the answer is like, well, it wouldn't, then, you know, the only other reason that maybe I would say if you're avoiding it, give it a go, is if um, if there's joy on the other side of it. Like if you're like, oh, I just need to conquer this handstand or I want to conquer this handstand because I'm going to feel so strong and empowered when I do it. Being able to stand on my hands literally is going to serve no purpose for me, but oh, it will feel great. And it's a goal that I want to work towards. 100%. I love that. I love, I love the joy that we can get from movement, but that's not going to be everyone. And that's not, you know, um, that's not, it's, it's not a should, right? So drop the shoulds. I know it's not as easy as I make that sound. (laughs) I had a request made of me just this week that really should have been a simple no from me and was hours of my day 
um, kind of like, oh, my dog just burped. I wonder if you heard that. Um, was ended up being hours of my day kind of like torturing myself because I felt like I should. And, you know, I, I could see it happening. I knew it was happening. I knew what I was doing. And I was a bit stuck in this should. Um, and it took, I'm not even joking, hours for me to like extract myself from that. Um, so I'm not suggesting that it's easy, but sometimes it is really simple. Um, those are not the same thing. Simple and easy are not the same thing. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. I feel like that is, um, enough to get us all sort of thinking about, um, this idea. I would love to know what you think. Um, every week I tell you to come over and find me on Instagram because I love hearing from you. I love hearing how this lands. If it brings up any questions for you, if you know, any light bulb moments, um, anything that I missed, I'd love to know what you think. Come over and find me on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb Yoga over there. Um, and if you haven't done so already and, and you've been listening, I would absolutely be so grateful if you would take the time to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Um, and wherever you're listening to hit subscribe as well. These are those little things that we think don't make much of a difference. But um, every time a review comes through, every time a rating comes through, um, I honestly do like a little happy dance. We had, I had a couple come through just recently and it just makes my day. Um, it's so nice to know that, you know, these little solo, uh, musings mean something. So, um, I would love it if you would take the time to do that. I'm going to be back next week. I have a special guest joining me and I am really looking forward to sharing that with you. So until then, take care and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Webb Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.